and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, my co-host. We are back after a a somewhat lengthy hiatus as, you know, I, I had to do my nuptials and go to Hawaii and have a miserable time. How dare you? Just a terrible time having to be in the sun and on the beach and, you know, ATVing through the Jurassic Park scene out in the field. Dude. Yeah. You look tan, by the way. Hey, that, got, a little, the, got a little red. Like literally the first time anybody's ever said that to me in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I, I am. I tend to be. I don't tend to be white. I do tend to be like a little. I run red a little bit, oh, even geez. in the winter time. I'm like a little bit that tint of red. But uh, so yeah, a lot has happened here in the last ten days or so. I think our, maybe our last show is like very very beginning of May. So a few things way we're gonna do the show. Since it's been a little while since we got to talk hockey, we, we're going to kind of go back. We're going to do some autopsies of the four teams that lost in the second round, the Dallas Stars, the Colorado Avalanche, Columbus Blue Jackets, and the New York Islanders. But before we do that, we have to address the hand pass. The hand pass. The hand pass. The, I, I think for the rest of time, everyone will know what the hand pass is because it has sparked debates across the the world in terms of instant replay and what you should be able to replay and what you can't. And after these playoffs, it's pretty clear that there needs to be some sort of rethinking in terms of the video replay, because there has been many controversial calls. Uh, the question is maybe where, if we open up Pandora's box, where do we go? And you said something interesting just to, because we we've taken this conversation and, and it's kind of blown up uh, into something bigger than the actual game itself. And before we really just talk about instant replay in general, let's talk about that game and your thoughts on what ultimately happened in that game. Yeah. First, no sympathy at all for the blues on None. this one. None. Zero. And I'll tell you why. I mean, first off San Jose, right? They, they come out, take the lead, and St. Louis has an amazing second period. Four goals. However, right, I think I think it was actually the first time ever the Blues had scored four in a playoff period or something like that. First time ever? Maybe. Gosh, I don't know. Or at least or in a while. Stat. Or no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It was it was the first time ever a Blues defenseman had got three points on four goals in a second period or something like that. Okay. Colton Perenko, but... Um, very specific. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why that just stuck in my head when I was reading this article. Anyways, zero sympathy for the Blues because when you go back to that second period, that four-goal outburst that the Blues had, David Perron scoring two of those goals, one coming on the power play, they, they should not have probably had two of those goals to begin with because David Perron flipped the puck over the glass, should have got a penalty, two of those goals would have been nullified immediately, but the rest missed it. So San Jose... Wait, wait, you mean that refs miss calls for both teams? For both teams. Weird. Ah, uh, yeah. So you mean... It, people you, don't talk about that because they're so up in arms about the hand pass. But I thought there was a conspiracy to get the San Jose Sharks and the Boston there Bruins into the finals. absolutely is. Because <laughs> it's Joe Thornton's last ride or whatever. You we got to get Joe Thornton playing the Bruins. Gotta. It's just ridiculous. Just shut up about that right now. If you're if you're one of those conspiracy theorists, I don't want to hear it. Uh, so, anyways, back to, to we were we were in a pretty good thread, dude. We were watching that uh, n- another podcast. I can't remember who it was, but oh my goodness, really? some people are very very convinced that there is this league wide like whisper whisper to the refs. Hey, make these calls in favor of said team, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, let's let's get one thing. Straight. I mean, yes, the hand pass, it was a hand pass. It's not like anybody's arguing whether or not it was a hand pass. No disagreement here. But it was missed, and it happened to result in a goal. I, I'm certain that there's been other hand passes that have been missed that just don't result in a goal, so we don't care. Yeah, absolutely. There, I, I can probably think of a couple off my head if i really think hard enough which i'm not willing to do right now so there, i mean there's also been penalties that have been called that aren't penalties and they result in a goal and right. sometimes they don't result in a goal and sometimes they result in four goals but sometimes they don't right and sometimes brad marchand hooks justin williams around the neck but then williams gets called for the penalty when he pushes him off right but i mean right. but that that mean that i guess that one plays to the 
to the conspiracy. Of course you know, it does. Course. Yeah, but okay. So there, there's always going to be instances like that, and I, I, you know, the the Sean Paytons of the world are going to scream for when stuff like this happens, which is totally understandable. But now I worry, and you mentioned it, but Pandora's box gets open, right? You just you give the league the authority to, or the the owners are going to basically just say, hey, let's just let's open it up, let's give the league total review of everything. And I, I mean, I don't have a solution that might satisfy everybody right now. I mean, off the top of my head, I might say, let's just give them an extra coach's challenge and make everything reviewable. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess the here because I've, I've thought through a few solutions. One solution could be anything that happened, like some of the annoyance, I think, with the offside is that you can be in the other team's zone for 30 seconds after being offside and it not getting called. And then we go back and we, you watch sometimes even a minute has gone by and you watch and, and they, they were offside on their entry really had nothing to do with the actual goal being scored, but you say, well, they would have never been in the zone, so they wouldn't have scored. So, uh, okay. I guess that's in some way fair, but at what point do we say anything's reviewable up to X amount of seconds before the goal. So let, we'll just say 10 seconds before the goal. I thought about this and thought, or maybe five seconds before the goal, because that would, that would throw the hand pass under underneath. Sure. Uh, what happens though, if it's at like 9.99 seconds or you know, how, how close to the second do we want to try getting, you know, how, what frame do we determine it's been 10 seconds, you know, so there's there that, you know, that would happen. Of course. Eventually it would happen to where, where that, and if I can think about that in, in the immediate, obviously that's like, that's not a good solution because, because of that. And, uh, then somebody might go, well, why don't we go 15 seconds? You know, that's not fair. We should just go to the, go to the next whistle. If anything happens in the course of from whistle to whistle, then we should be able to challenge that one thing. And, you know, and then, then it just slows the game down. It means that teams are going to hire these guys just to watch every little every little thing over and over again and make their their coaches challenges. Uh, it just or what about this? Do we put a ref up in the press box and say if he wants to call down and make penalty calls? Boom, just wow. put a light down by the box. Maybe that turns green or something that the refs see and they're like, oh yeah, we'll just have robots do it. Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, on the one hand, that's like that's not a there might be a way to make that happen. I mean, let's be honest. The NFL, they go every touchdown. There's somebody up. Yeah, they review every single booth one. booth or, you know, wherever they are, and they review, review them. And the difference with football, though, is that, okay, we're going to review the play, maybe the catch, but it only is at the ball, right? Like, it's not like you can go, oh, see, there was a hold on that play. We'll call it back. Right. You, you can't do that. Or, but you can review penalties. You know, they can review pass interference, right? Yeah. Yeah, now they can. Yeah. Yeah, but on the flip side, it, now they can, you know, review the other side of it. Right, where, yeah, right. So. Which, that, I mean, we put it up with it in football. I mean, football is the most popular sport in the U.S. at least. And so you got to think, are people going to be willing, like a play like that, with the hand pass, are they willing to go, yeah, that should be reviewable? The, right. My problem is, is that, that just results in less offense because it's if the referee thinks a hand pass happened and he goes back back and they review it and they're they're not going to be able to go back and review it because he'll blow the whistle if he thinks it's a hand pass like if a guy if he had let's say he didn't actually hit it with his hand and he actually hit it with the knob of his stick and that same exact thing happened legit. and it was a goal and it would be legit. But as soon as he hits it with the knob of his stick, referee thinks he hit it with, with his glove, it touches that player's stick and they blow the whistle dead. Even if that guy puts it in the net, it's not like you can review it because now you're assuming that everyone stopped playing. Right. Because the ref was had intent right. to blow the whistle. So, so now you're just, there, there's just no, rarely a time where a goal get, doesn't it, where it's not a goal and they go back and they say, oh, actually, it is a goal. That's far more rare than, oh, I don't think that should count. Right. So then, I mean, we get to all these things where, oh, that shouldn't count. Oh, that shouldn't count because this happened down here and that shouldn't count. Like, let's try to put in a, a place where goals can happen. I don't want everything reviewed. I don't care. I mean, if, if, I, if I were sitting here right now and, I'm, and it was the Leafs and that happened, yeah, I might be like, 
wow, we got screwed. Like, that's BS. And I'm sure my dad would be saying, oh, see the league. Oh, see that ref. Those refs, they're all from Toronto, so they, they don't want to seem like a homer, so they don't call things. Like, he, you know, <laughs> says things like that in the moment. Uh, but I, I don't think that I would ultimately go, oh, see, this is why we need replay of everything. No. No, I, I wouldn't. You're down 2-1 in the series. This is a this is a little bit different than the Vegas one where it was like, well, it's game seven and it's very true. You know, or it's the like the Landis Cog one in game seven there. That's game seven. At least this was game three. The Blues have they they just have to win three of the next five games. Four, uh, four games. Yeah. Three of the next four. So they still have a chance. This hasn't totally outdone them. So I, I guess I have less sympathy also because of that. Like the stakes weren't quite as high as no, I, like, well, well, you're done. I agree too. And I, I don't ever want to get rid of the human element of the game either, because to me, like you said, yeah, someone's going to get screwed on something eventually, but at the same time, it helps, you know, pump that offense a little bit more too, because if we start slowing the game down, it just, I, that, that thing with the, uh, the Kentucky Derby, right? It took, I think it was like 22 minutes for video review on that. No flipping way do I want the NHL to ever get to that point. So I, I don't want to see it come to that, and I'm, I'm afraid that you know if we if we give a little bit, it's just going to turn into Pandora's box. Yeah, I think my you know at first I was like, yeah, they should be able to review the hand pass. Like it just seems obvious. Uh, Luke, who's been a guest on the show, my brother, he he argued with me. We were texting, and he said, you know, no, I I don't think it should be reviewable. It's not reviewable because it's. It's a part of the play, but it wasn't the play. It wasn't, I mean, he didn't score with his glove. And so if a ref misses it, a ref misses it. And that's just that. No, that's true, like, too, because St. Louis still left Carlson and Nyquist wide open in right, front of the net. Right. So where well, was the coverage? And and his, his argument was, well, if somebody tripped a guy and it didn't get called, and in that trip, the puck's stolen and passed in front of the net and they score... They're not going to go back and say, oh, that should have been a tripping penalty. We're going to go back. No, you know, you don't want that. You really don't want that. That's just Pandora's it's box. It's just chintzy. It's chintzy. And, you know, maybe someday that's that's what happens because people are so desperate for perfection in refereeing. But when you just sit back and you go, you know what? Like if if you aren't a fan of the team, you just go, wow, that team got screwed. Go out in game four and. And redeem yourself. And I do think, too, that the Vegas-San Jose incident, right, where they they sort of, I don't want to say they guessed on it and just said, oh, well, we, we're pretty sure this is why it happened, so we're going to give them the, the five-minute. Now they're the refs are almost to the point where, because we blew that one up, where the refs are like, oh, well, shoot, we don't want to be guessing on this because we think it was a hand pass. We didn't see it for sure, so no, we're not calling it. So now uh, somebody else gets screwed because of Vegas, too, but... So, but I mean, well, and 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 it's a little bit different to go. Okay, we can't like they actually did go and and the, the linesman, about it, yeah. the linesman looked at the replay and still said no, it's a good goal because they can't they can't overturn a goal because of that and nobody saw it. When it comes to that five minute penalty, I think you should on a major they should have to go and look at the replay and go. All right, this is what happened. We're we think it's a five minute major. Let's make sure. And then when you look at the replay and you go. Oh, I understand. It's going to be just a minor penalty. Sure. When you get a match penalty, I mean, or yeah. or make it make give an ability to like the uh, is it the was it what was it? It was it was uh, face masking. You you can get like a five yard. Penalty oh right, for yeah. Face masking, and then I don't know if they still do that. They might have got rid of that, but it was like a five yard, and then you could also get a personal foul, right. depending yep. on how bad the face mask was, right? Like. A ref should be able to look at something and go, that's worth two, that's four, that's five. Like, hey, instead of giving you a five-minute major, we're going to give this guy a double minor because this plus this. Like, they they should build that in, you know? I, I, think, that, I think that makes sense. It would, be, it would be subjective, but it's better than, like, if you're between a four-minute and a five-minute, which a five-minute you're getting ejected to, I'll take the four-minute. Yeah, and if true. the team scores, then you're down to two minutes, and you know that would be two goals. So, all right, well, the refs have been a little rough, but it's been rough on both sides. Hey, so it's a fast game. They're they're doing a pretty dang good, probably better than I would do. So honestly, I can't the, and the linesmen are it's it's something like they get they get right like ninety eight percent of. I mean, pretty how much good. how much more do you want? 
Right. I mean, <laughs> that's an A. That's just happening. It just happened. Even if they were right 90, 90% of the time, that's pretty darn good. I mean, for how fast some of those, some of those plays happen, it's, it's really good. So, uh, give the ref some, some slack, but I, I do think that the league coming out was that, uh, Colin Campbell came out and said, yeah, that was the wrong call. And that's what his, like the stories. Oh, see the NHL has admitted they were wrong. Well, he said, yeah, it was the wrong call. It, the whistle should have been blown if the ref saw that live. But you know what? The ref missed it. And so it was the right call for it to be a goal. It was just the wrong call that led to the goal. And so that's just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that it happens in overtime. It's probably not as big of a right. deal. Right. If it was just another if it was just another goal, right? We're second period St. Louis, we wouldn't be talking about it right now at all. Right, right. So. Or we would, but it wouldn't be as big of a, a thing. Of like, course. The Landeskog thing was was kind of like, man, I don't I don't know about that. But I mean, hey, at least he took responsibility. He was just like, ah, I was lazy getting back to the bench. My bad. Yeah. True. Uh, oh well. Oh well. And uh, but at least they had they had the opportunity to come back in that game. You don't in overtime. So that's where it's a little tougher too, but okay. Carolina, excuse me, Carolina, Boston. Uh, how does Carolina get back in this series? They have to win tonight. Don't. <laughs> they yeah, don't. they have to win tonight. Um, man, I, you know what? If, if Boston wins tonight, I think there's a 10 day layover before, uh, the Stanley Cup would probably start because I do see St. Louis, San Jose going probably close seven games. So. I mean, even if it goes five games, you're still talking another four days. Right. Because they play game four on Friday and game five on Sunday. And then, you know, so you're you're looking at at least Sunday when, the, when that series ends at best, likely a little bit later into the week because the finals start what? They, they start on a Monday? They would, yeah, if, yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. they, they start on that day no matter what. Like, even if both these series were a sweep, they would start on the exact right. day. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah man. I, I, Carolina, great story this year, but honestly, their offense just doesn't have much of an answer. I think Tuka Rask has been phenomenal in this series. There's no doubt about it. He's, He's the MVP yeah. of this series. Um, and you know, did I say it during that Leafs-Boston series when Tampa got eliminated? I said, probably whoever wins the series will win the Cup. Or at least win possible. East. Yeah, so. uh, we're seeing it happen. And I don't get me wrong, I don't think, you know, McElhinney has been, he hasn't been bad at all. He, he was he looked good in game three. But, I mean, to be quite honest, it's, it just basically comes down to Carolina's offense. Just they've, they're not generating enough chances. Yeah, that'll do it to you. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll really do it to you. And, Boston's and, doing a good job of defending, too. I mean, they're, they're snuffing out. Their defense looks really good. Yeah. They look really good. Uh, you know, I actually... I was looking through my email and I had filled out a bracket from the playoffs. So I was like, I got to click in this bracket. I mean, this, this is incredible that I did this. I literally have one pick correct on the whole bracket. Like the whole thing, one team, one won one series San Jose. that I picked. It was San Jose won the first round. I actually had Calgary beating him in the second round. <laughs> And I had Calgary and Tampa Bay in the finals in this bracket. Wow. Okay. I had San Jose and Tampa. So, well, at least you got San Jose. That's true. <laughs> I mean, one, that's I mean, what's the first round's eight, eight series, and then four, it's 12, and then another two, that's, that's 15, right? 15, 16. 16 matchups. Yeah. No, wait. Eight, four, that's 12, two, 14. Yeah. And then 15. So I got one for 14. Like you would do better just guessing, flipping a coin. Yeah. I think, I think next year I would be, I would like to know if anybody, if there's one person out there that has it correct right now. This is what I'm going to do next year. And this is, this is, we have to remember to do this next year for our bracket. Next year, we're going to do one where we pick and then we'll both do one where we flip a coin. Flip a coin. Yes. And I love it. So the two of us will compete against the, the coin flip. Every every I mean we'll Dude. we'll just create we'll create a, a bracket matchup. We'll have everybody join and we'll have the coin flip bracket and we'll have everybody else's and we'll see if the coin flip bracket beats most people. Yes, I I'll am bet you it will. I I'm sure it will be pretty good. Throw analytics out the door. Okay, let's go and do some autopsies. This is uh That's this, why we're here. This is the somber the somber part of the show. <laughs> uh these four teams have passed away into playoff cemeterial 
places. Yes, <laughs> playoff purgatory. I like it. Yes, although they aren't coming. They, yeah, I guess that's a good They're point because they can come back. Waiting for the cup to be yeah, over. They can. They can come back. You know, they can. <laughs> they can, they can back. be back. It's just their waiting period in between. Uh, so, I want to start with the Dallas Stars. Uh, really, just. One of the that's that Dallas St. Louis series, maybe the best series of the playoffs in terms of uh, just how tight that series was, and it you know going so so deep into overtime in Game Seven, it's crazy. Uh, the Dallas Stars definitely in the beginning of the year it looked like they were going to struggle to make the playoffs. They had their late season run, everything ended up working out after the beginning of the year. What their the owner was cussing out. Sagan and Ben and now we get to the off season. They managed to they were a goal away from the conference finals. So you gotta look at this team and go, okay, the like they're in a nice spot. Um they have a nice mix of veterans between Sagan and Ben and and then they've got Rantanen and uh Heights and all you know, a lot they have lots of guys coming up that look like they're gonna be pretty good players. And so where do the Dallas Stars go from here? Um, I I think Matt Zuccarello is going to resign there. Other than that, I'm not sure what they will or can do to uh, to improve this team. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, well, they're they got a couple new deals kicking in next year, right? First, Tyler Sagan's new contracts kicking in. And today it was reported that Essa Lindell signed a new six-year deal worth 5.8, which to me, the way he plays the game, if he continues on this trend, and not even if he doesn't get any better, if he stays the exact same, it's a freaking steal of a deal. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos to them for, for but again, no state tax down there either. So maybe that kind of helps out a little bit too. Uh, Spezza coming off the books, which is going to be nice for them to save a bit of change. I think they're going to have, what, 12 to about, 15? About 13 million right now okay. if yeah. the cap didn't change. If it which didn't change. They are suggesting that the cap won't change as much because a lot of the bigger market teams didn't make it through the first round. Ah. And so that, like a they're team like Carolina doesn't pull in as much money as, say, even the Tampa Bay Lightning would. Or, or Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Rangers. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, um, signing Matt Zuccarello would be fantastic. He really looked good, and he gives them flexibility, right? So now you don't have to load up Radulov, Ben, and Sagan on one line. Now you can have two lines with you know, a couple duos on each line. That looks pretty good. And and like you said, when you got young guys like Hintz coming up, um, you know, hopefully maybe Nick Chuskin gets it together next season. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not putting a lot of stock in that, but, um, for all you fantasy people, don't bother drafting him like I did this year and then dumped him after a couple weeks. So yeah. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them trying to go out and get a top six forward, but other than that, I'm, I'm with staying the course because they got, they got a lot of good young pieces, you know, Fasca, you know, Brent Ritchie looking pretty good. Um, hence like we talked about. So yeah, I, you know, if there's a sleeper out there to get Panarin, I think that it could be Dallas. You know, Bobrovsky and Panarin are hanging out in South Beach right now. I, I don't think that Panarin's going to Florida. You really don't think so? He, he would you see the interview that he did? I I don't With, know. Uh, it was like a Swedish interview, and he said some like somebody said something about the Florida Panthers, and he said, "Well, they have no fans." Well, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, fewer than most teams, at least. Um, so that lends me to at least think, uh, I don't know if he's, sounds like he wants to go somewhere that maybe has more of a fan base. Yeah, like, um, you know, the New York Rangers, for example. Yeah, I mean, he would he would look real good in a New York Rangers jersey. I'll be honest, I could see it. Uh, and the Rangers... I think I think they have enough good young talent coming up where it would be worth signing him. He's only 27 years old. I do think the Dallas Stars could be a little sleeper for him. If he wants to if he wants to stay in the East though, like if he doesn't like to travel, then I could see he'll obviously he'll stay out of that division completely or out of the West, but uh, if he doesn't mind it, Dallas could fit him in. I, mean, I think he'll probably make, I mean as a winger He'll probably get around Patrick Kane kind of money, and like oh, maybe. Do you think? Do you give Panarin eleven? Is someone going to give him eleven? I, just, I don't know. That's a good question. Eighty-seven points, but in an inflated year. Uh, yeah, 
If if you give him eleven million, I could you know, probably he'd jump at anybody who'd give him eleven. <laughs> well, I mean, he, say he does go to Dallas, right? He doesn't have to sign for eleven there to to get the same money back that True. he would going somewhere True. else. So or. You know, what if let's talk about if San Jose loses Eric Carlson because he hasn't, I haven't seen anything one way or the other. No, and I don't think um, we'll hear anything till the playoffs are right. over with. So I could definitely see him signing there. But if he doesn't, Panarin has said, I want, like, he wants to be by the beach. And holy crap, what better place? Well, that would look good Unless he there. wants a party town, then he shouldn't go to San Jose. Yeah, then he'll go to Vegas. I hear the party isn't, isn't great in San Jose. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, in terms of other, other free agents that they could go after Gus Nyquist, I'm telling you would look real good in a Dallas uniform. Yeah. But I just don't know how much he moves that needle for them. I I think that they need somebody who they can put onto that second line. Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. A second center, but that's, I mean, you got to think that that's going to be hints, right? Like they're open. That's what they're hoping that turns into is. That second line guy, but you know and now he's got Radic Faxa. So although you wouldn't mind if if Hints just can just plays the wing because you you know you went out and got a Kevin Hayes, that wouldn't be a bad a bad pull. So do you think this team is this team going to just get better or you know sometimes we see these teams come up and they have a great run and then the following year they kind of come back down to normal. Maybe they're still a playoff team, but you know did they get through the first round? With a little bit of luck, really good goaltending. Is Ben Bishop is good next year? He managed to not get hurt in the playoffs. Finally, finally, or at least not not so much that he missed games. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I still see this team as a wild card next year, and this really depends on what they do in the off season, right? If they go and add a top six guy like we talked about, maybe a, a Kevin Hayes or a Matt Duchesne or somebody um, that can really turn the needle for them, as you like to put it. Because um, the defense is fine. I like the defense where it's at. I don't have a problem with it, even if they don't really add anybody. I think that'll be fine. Goaltending won't be a question mark for you moving forward, as it was the last few seasons, anyways. Um, it's just honestly bringing in a top six guy. So there's a little bit of flexibility because, you know, they brought in Jason Spessa to come in and hopefully play a top six role. Didn't pan out that well. And, you know, there's rumors that he's interested in going back to Ottawa. So we'll see if that happens. But Have fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he knows he can probably get top six minutes and, you know, be a face. That's true. Know. Him and Bobby Ryan. Can. Right. <laughs> I mean, he, there's no way Jason Spezza gets more than two million. <sighs> yeah. I mean, he's. But uh, he's made he his money anyway. 27 so. points in 76 games. Yeah, and he's he good for a third-line center minutes. in Ottawa. But, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. I, I, You know, to me, I think Dallas isn't going to – I don't think going to move up or down really in the standings too much. I think they're really going to be right where they were this time again next year. It's just whether or not um, come playoff time if they, you know, they can move it a little bit further, I guess. Yeah, we'll see what uh, – what they do. Okay, let's go to the Colorado Avalanche. We'll stay in the West. The Avalanche obviously had a tremendous end of the season run. They run all over the Calgary Flames, win four straight against them after losing game one, and they fall to the, some would say, the the lucky San Jose Sharks. Uh, I feel like if there's one team in the NHL, if if the Toronto Maple Leafs are that, like, all right, we're waiting for them to just absolutely blow up and like maybe be a, a potential dynasty kind of team. Uh, I'd say that if that's the team in the East, the Avalanche are that team in the West. They're very similar. They've got those very high end players, and then they you know they seem to just have everything else relatively in place, but they need to improve defensively. Yeah, and the big big question mark is Tyson Berry, right? What do you do with him? Because, you know, I've been hearing his name around the trade rumor mill now for, for quite a while. and Five years? <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, it's ramping up even more now, too, when you look at, you know, for example, um, I just read an article the other day. I think it was on The Athletic. Uh, they were talking about the Red Wings, right? What are they going to do moving forward? How do they improve their team? And one suggestion that was made was moving in Anthony Sioux or Mantha. Now that Mantha's blowing up at the World Championships, just looking freaking good. Um, you know, maybe you don't move him now that he looks that great. But, um, you know, maybe move a, you know, forward prospect like one of those two guys from Detroit to, say, Colorado for Tyson Berry, which was the suggestion. Obviously, you'd have to throw in a couple more pieces from Detroit to, to make that happen. But... You know, if you're Colorado, I, I think, 
you know, the, the defense looked all right this year. I don't have a problem with it. I think, you know, they, they definitely could use an improvement, but I think more than anything else, they really need to solidify a second-line centerman more than anything. Um, and I think that's where their focus will be in the offseason. And I think Joe Saka came out and said that they're just going to – they have their top guys, and they're going to be very aggressive in free agency. So don't be shocked if you see them maybe – overpay slightly for somebody but get the guy they want for example like you know Kevin Hayes another guy who I could see fit in very very well uh, who still has size and speed to burn so you know he could fit in pretty good maybe they go after Jordan Everlay or Gus Nyquist but you know this team's going to be aggressive and I think adding some forward depth is to me more important than on the back end right now yeah you know who would look really good in an abs jersey is Jeff Skinner okay okay would they give him the $9, $10 million though he no. wants? No. Okay. No. But no one will. I, I, I agree with you. I I'm don't convinced think, no one will. I don't think anybody should give him yes, that money. Yes, he had but, 40 goals, but he had like he had the best season he's ever had. And he had a freaking amazing And he played alongside center. Jack Eichel. So, right. I mean, yeah. Do you like the prospect of maybe being like Rantanen plays on his own line and you can put Jeff Skin, like Rantanen and Landis Cog and then add a center and you've got Jeff Skinner and uh, and and Nathan McKinnon playing together. I don't know. That. Yeah. In Colorado, they're going to be attractive to a lot of big name free agents too, because they're going to be good for a while too. They've got McKinnon locked up for a while, you know, ranting and they're going to give him a new deal and he's going to be around for a long time. So they've got a lot of good, really good young pieces that are going to be there to stay for quite a bit. So they're going to be competitive for a while. Yes. Uh, I think Colorado is, I, I don't think they're in on Panarin. I don't think he's going to Colorado. Uh, it's it, to me, yes, you can definitely be aggressive here in, in free agent. I think there is only a trade to be made for a true second line center. Uh, other than Kevin Hayes, there's really no one else out there who I Does look Matt at. Matt Duchesne come back? <laughs> uh, well, no. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, uh, other than Kevin Hayes, I don't think there's anybody that you can get in free agency that's going to help your center position. So I think you probably are going to be looking to trade. Sure. And with Cal Marker, you know, emerging as what's he's looking like a top four, top two yeah, defenseman. Cal McCarr is. Yeah. yeah now you, you've opened up the box to okay. say, okay, Tyson Berry is expendable. Because in you know in two years or in after next season he's a free agent a yeah, UFA and so yeah but he's been good why you know he has but does Colorado want to give him he'll probably want eight million dollars if he has the same type of production he had this year oh boy eight million so do you want to give him that kind of money is Tyson Berry Colorado's John Carlson ooh that's a that's a very good comparison I like that like I don't, I don't know if he's he's maybe quite that uh, he's gonna he's put up those yet, same amount of points. But I mean, 50 points this last year is pretty yeah, dang good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 50, 59 and 57 the year before. He had 57 points in 68 games last year. Yeah. So, I mean, he yeah, I think that John Carlson's probably a great comparison, which John Carlson got eight, right? So, he did. I, I don't think you're unwilling to pay Tyson Berry $8 million if he's willing to take like a five-year deal. I say I don't think you want to pay him eight times eight. Because then you're talking about a deal that puts the guy at like 36 years old. Yeah, I know. And, and that, I think, is just too too rich for for that point. But we'll, we'll see what they do. Uh, do you see this team taking a, a further step? I mean, it's hard to, hard to say. They, they did make it to game seven of the second round. Uh, it's hard enough just to get there, even as a good team. And so, but do you see this team taking that, let's say, like regular season? Is this a team much more formidable all year long. Yeah, I, I think they're going to improve. I, I do, Another question mark I do have is, is Varlamov coming back or do they go out and no. get another goaltender? Yeah, no, I think he's gone. Okay. I think these playoffs... He probably strong. does want to start. Grubauer is the guy. Grubauer is the guy. Yeah, and, so maybe they go out and get a Brian Elliott to come back up, um, you know, yeah, Grubauer or somebody like that. But anyways, I think as long as Grubauer keeps playing the way he is, I think the forward group, and if they can maybe bring in, like Joe Sackick said, be aggressive and bring in a top six guy, I can honestly see this team being in the top three in the Central next year, without a doubt. Yeah, they shouldn't be a wild card again. No way. Let's avoid that wild card spot. Um, any, I, you know, another another guy could, Cam Talbot, played in the West, played well. And I think maybe you you know you could bring him in as a project. I think you're, he's staying in Philly though. Goal. You personally. think he's staying there? I do. Yeah. What about Ryan Miller? 
He'd be a nice backup for Colorado. He'd be a nice backup anywhere. But yeah, I, I think yeah. he probably stays in Anaheim, though. They would like to keep him, and I think his wife would like to stay there, too. So. Yeah, can't blame her for that. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go to the East. Columbus Blue Jackets about to lose Panarin, maybe Duchesne, Ryan Dezingle, Adam McQuaid, and Sergei Bobrovsky, along with Keith Kincaid. Uh, this This team is probably the most volatile coming out of the playoffs we have no idea what this team will look like next year like the truly this team could go from sweeping the top team in the league and and advancing further than we thought they would to missing the playoffs entirely next year it's possible yeah and if i mean if you got a guy like alex alexander winberg if he plays as crappy as he did this year like what they could be towards the bottom of the league you know i i have a trade proposal please i saw this on twitter and it sparked my interest enough to where I said, okay, this, this is interesting. What if the Leafs can't get Mitch Marner signed for a number that they deem responsible? 9-10 is what they're probably hoping. I, I, I would think that they want to get him for less than 10. And for five, like for six, if, if, it's, if it's like nine and a half, I think they're hoping, probably hoping for like six years. You don't, want to, you don't want to sign a guy nine and a half for like four or five years. That's just... That means because then you got to pay him thirteen. Uh, that means you're not buying those free agent years either. Uh, what about Mitch Marner for Seth Jones? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I mean that for the Leafs. Add Seth Jones to that blue line, and suddenly, like cap wise, Seth Jones is making five point four million for another three years. So cap cap wise, you're looking much better than you were with Marner. Uh, you can now add a player. You can now add a five million dollar player, and he's a righty. I.e., you can now re-sign maybe Jake Gardner if you trade Mitch Marner for Seth Jones. Columbus obviously would need a deal done and in hand in order to make that trade, but a one for one trade, Mitch Marner for Seth Jones. Maybe like we'll say top top ten defenseman for a top ten winger. Yeah, that's. I, I I say no if I'm Columbus because I really I, I would and my, my rationale is I think Seth Jones in the next two or three years is gonna win a Norris. Yeah, but is Mitch Marner gonna win a heart in the next two or three I, years? Okay, so or, I or I, be up for it because sure, sure. you know, I don't doubt McDavid's it. always gonna but be But I, I think I think with uh with their need for a number two centerman or at least maybe somebody who can slide it at number one, maybe if you need to, if you know Dubois not working out and you wanna move him down to number two, I think their need for centerman centerman would would cause them to focus more well, on let, let's say they re-sign duchene okay now if they re-sign so duchene, let, let's say duchene now you like, don't to me i i don't know if i i would say duchene is is insane if he doesn't sign there because it's clear it's a great place for him to play well there's no lack of depth uh when it comes to defense in columbus right so they can afford to lose a top four guy sure. and they could probably make up with it somewhere else with ryan murray if he can stay healthy or whatever um now yeah, I mean, losing Panarin, you know, Marner comes in and he instantly fills that void and gives you that production that instantly. you're losing. Yeah, instantly. And, and, and if not, only, I think better. And he's only 22. Right. So that that's so Marner has two two years on Seth Jones. So you do get that down the road. You have him for a longer period of time locked up, and you get your guy who could be unreal. You know, he is definitely has. I mean, he had over 90 points this year. So he's not only is he your new Panarin, I think he's better than Panarin right now. Defensively, 100%, he's better than Panarin. Oh, absolutely. I think he's a better hockey player than Panarin. Absolutely. So, I, don't, I don't disagree with you one So 1%. you upgrade there. You keep Matt Duchesne. You probably sign Matt Duchesne for eight and a half. And then you, yes, you lose Seth Jones, but you gain a Mitch Marner. Well, I will say they do have the cap space to do it and yes, make it possible. Do. So, And then give... You know, Marner, if he does want $10 million or, you know, that Patrick Kane money, they can do it. Yeah. I mean, you also have to re-sign Zach Wierenski, which sure. Wierenski's probably going to be $8 million yeah. at least. Yeah. Seven or eight. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So there, there's that. But I I think that they have the ability to do it. And Boy, that's interesting. It, I mean, it's a trade that makes me uncomfortable. Right. But in, in like just the right ways. And it's like, yes, it would hurt to lose Mitch Marner. But... To gain a Seth Jones 
do like Seth Jones, Morgan Riley, and then you just you've got those two guys playing thirty one of minutes. Them, a one night. of them's out on the ice <laughs> almost all the time. Yeah, that would be. Whew. Anyways, yeah. just an interesting uh, interesting prospect. Uh, of course, they do need a goaltender. It doesn't sound like Bobrovsky's coming back. No, I don't think so either. So who do you go after at that point? That's another big question. Yeah, goaltending, you could see maybe you know, Mike Smith. He'd be willing to go to Columbus and have a little bit less travel. And you know, you've, got a, you've got a good veteran team in front of you. you know, that he, he, but he can't play all the games. No, no. That I would be the Varlamov, I mean, wouldn't be bad. Because he, he, he probably wants to go somewhere where he can have the opportunity to start. Um, so that wouldn't be a bad fit. Although I still keep hearing, you know, Jonathan Quick getting traded to Columbus is a real possibility. But, you know, I think now, unless, you know, Columbus can pick up a few pieces in free agency, they probably don't want to move I'm, I'm gonna tell you I'm going to tell you exactly how the goaltending free agency is going to go. Here's my prediction. Peter Morazic is going to go and sign in Edmonton. Edmonton with with Ken Hall. Sure, sure. Okay. Who, who did trade him away? But he'd been traded away, kind of rehabbed himself, and Ken Holland did draft him, and I think it's a relationship that could be re- restored. Bring him in, you can bring him in for a decent dollar amount, nothing insane. 3 million dollars you could probably get him. And then you kind of patch your your stuff up with Koskinen being at whatever. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a long-term option. No. Yeah, no. So so you need somebody else there. So Mrazek, he goes to Edmonton. Robin Leonard is probably going to stay in New York unless he is, you know, unless he's really convinced that he he could go somewhere else. Uh, But Columbus would be a great place for him to go. So, I mean, let's say Leonard goes to Columbus, seeking out that number one, I want to be the guy goaltending. Uh, and then you go and you you patch him up with a Cam Ward as your backup, or you re-sign Keith Kincaid. Keith Kincaid could stay there easily and you know sign for a million and a half, and and he's your backup goaltender. I think Mike Smith stays in Calgary, and a Semyon Varlamov he goes and signs in Calgary. Whoa! All right, there you go. That's my All right. and Sbrowski signs in Florida. He's going to Florida. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that one. And Luongo backs him up. Where does James Reimer go though? James Reimer, he can be dealt, or he can, you know, you can you could deal James Reimer and eat forty percent of his salary for the. I think he has one year left. See I if, think so. Yeah. See if one or multiples. Yeah, yeah, James. That James Reimer deal when he signed it, it was like okay, this is fair because he's probably going to end up playing thirty games, right? Because you knew what was going to happen to Luongo eventually. Actually, he has two years left two, on his deal at 3.4 million. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a little harder to, if to you're bite. Florida and you eat $1.4 million out of that, you can move him. No problem. I think he's worth paying $2 million to go anywhere. Yeah. And play backup at least. Yeah. So I, I think so too. And Fl- Florida wasn't really great in front of him. So some of his <laughs> no. struggles maybe weren't his own, his own problem. What about, what about bringing James Reimer back to Toronto? And two million dollars, uh, and you, uh, yeah. Let's say one point seven. Let's say they, they eat half. Do they have they have one salary remain, and it's Jason Demers? I honestly, if, if I'm Toronto, I try to get Hutchinson signed and let him play backup. I like him. I think he's a good backup. Yeah, I mean, and they're gonna they already re-signed Sparks, so they're gonna That's hope true. that Sparks can don't, like uh, kind of work himself in the off season and and figure out his life because, uh, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't very good. But we have seen plenty of goalies who haven't looked very good that we know have talent and they eventually figure it out. So also when you, you know, you play and then three weeks later you play and then two weeks later you play. It's, it's hard. Sure. It's hard. Okay. Well let's, uh, since this isn't the Florida Panthers autopsy, we did that one a long time ago. (laughs) They've been golfing for a while. Let's finish up with the, probably the most surprising team to not only be in the playoffs, but be in the second round, the New York Islanders who swept the Pittsburgh, they sweep them. Yeah. They swept swept the Pittsburgh Penguins. Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, Valtteri Filppula, uh, amongst a couple other guys who are RFAs, uh, Robin Leonard, uh, Dennis Seidenberg, who, who likely won't be back, uh, all free agents. This team might look a lot different, but what do we? Uh, what do we, what do you think the Islanders will do here, leading up to the draft and the free agent period? Boy, that's a very good question because they got a lot of a lot of guys who came in on one year deals, right? That could 
could potentially leave, could potentially resign, right? Um, I do think Val Philp probably stays there. He he seemed to fit pretty good, and he still has the ability to kill penalties and move up and down the lineup. And I think Barry Trotz still likes to have a veteran guy or two around. Now, um, speaking of veterans, their big you know uh, guy that wears the C, Anders Lee, he needs a new deal. And I, boy, I'd like to say he stays there because you don't want to give a guy a C and let him walk. So it'd be weird. Um, yeah, it would you, be. Got, you got to think six million. Yeah, but they got a couple contracts though. Um, that I'd be interested to see if they try to move, try to buy out or something. Like, for instance, Andrew Ladd, he's still on the hook for five and a half for four more years after this season. Yeah, that was a rough signing. What what a deal. Like, he could have re-signed in Winnipeg. He could've. wasn't willing to take the money they offered him. I think they were offering him like five or four. Oh, maybe it was, it was just close. for less years. I think it was yeah, just it was for less a few years last, couple less years. So he leaves. And uh, wow, what a what a call by the Winnipeg Jets not to give them those extra years because none of those years have really ended up being good. Ugh. Now, to me, when you look at the, you think about it and you go, okay, well he's he does have a he has a no trade starting next year. Um, he submits basically half the teams in the league. He submits a list. To me, Andrew Ladd is a guy that you're going to try and work with because I don't think you're going to get him dealt. No yeah. one's gonna. No one's You're gonna, gonna have to give him. up too much to deal him. Right. right so right. So uh, unless yeah, unless you can find a team, unless you want to eat half of his salary or something, and or two million of it, and you can find a team who needs to get up to the cap, uh, which there's less and less of those teams available now, especially when you're dollar for dollar cap hit to salary. I think that Andrew Ladd's a guy you have to figure out how to rehab him, and I also think that Barry Trotz likes him. I mean, he has an A. He does like those type of players, though, for sure. Those power forward guys. Yeah, so I, I I think there's a there's a chance that maybe he has one or two better years than what he's experienced so far. And if Barry Trotz can use him as a guy who you use him on your third line, if he can stay healthy, that's the other thing. He actually was having a good start to the year, if you remember. I think he had he had ten goals pretty quickly. Uh, so it's the health that's if he, if he gets a healthy, then yeah, then you're looking at a guy who you can at least salvage something from. And I think that that is more valuable than just trying to eat his salary and have nothing. And, uh, and, or, you know, or you just, he ends up being, becoming a healthy scratch, whatever it is. I don't think he's that bad, but he's just an expensive fourth liner, third liner. <laughs> uh, when I look at some of their other, like they're going to have to July 1st, are they going to give Barzell his his extension? How long does Barzell's camp want to wait? That'll that'll become a big question mark, and you you certainly. I think if you are Barzell's camp, though, you I think they would like to wait another, you know, try to let the season start before they do this because you know he had a down year point total wise from from his previous season. Sure, and yeah. I think if he you want Tavares to protect him, so. right, exactly, and I think if you want to cash in a little bit more, I think they would like to wait and see if he does produce. And then if not, I mean, he's still young enough anyways where it's like, okay. He's still getting eight. Yeah, he's still going to get paid some pretty decent coins. Maybe nine. So now if he he doesn't have the offensive start that he did, you know, a couple, you know, two seasons ago, now you maybe just go for that three, four-year deal instead of that long-term deal. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So between Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, and Robin Leonard, who do you think is back? Who do you think is gone? Eberle's gone. I think Anders Lee obviously comes back. Robin Lanner, I'd like to see him back. Maybe three years, six mil a season, probably somewhere around that coin. Um, Brock Nelson's going to be a harder one just because he did have a breakout year. I, I shouldn't say breakout year, but he did have a better year, and he looked much better offensively. And But he is getting old. He, he likes to play a hard-nosed He's game. He's 27. I know, but... And, I guess I guess old in the terms of the way that he plays. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so, like, how, how long is he going to be able to keep this up? Is he going to be a 25-goal scorer again next season? Uh, probably not. I, th- I think he probably comes back down to 40 points where he's more comfortable at anyways, which is still good production. But um, I think there might be some other teams out there willing to give him a little bit more money right now being 27. So. I think I'm happy to let him walk. I would too. I, I, I'm I'm happy to let him go. In, but they do have a lot of cap space. So, you, I mean, you, you have to think. so. Like Panarin to me is a very likely possibility here in the island. I think you I could definitely see Panarin coming here. They have $31 million in cap space. He wants to be on the water, and if he, you know, maybe he looks at the Rangers and goes, uh, eh, that's another two or three years before we're relevant, 
and in the on the island if he joins them like there's your upgrade from brock nelson to artemi panarin so you're doing fine there and the defense is pretty good you've got great goaltending are you like it's going to depend on is he willing to go from playing with Tor- for tortorella to playing for trots two guys that are both pretty demanding obviously tortorella is a little different animal but uh so at least you know he knows kind of defensively responsible he's he's been in that type of system before is he willing to go play for another guy like that or does he look to play for a guy who's a little looser because you got to know signing with the islanders you're playing for barry trotz probably the whole time you're there right. i don't think trotz is getting fired not anytime i mean barry soon. trotz was with the predators for what 20 years or like forever 15 years <laughs> and then he goes to washington and he just doesn't end up signing there because he wants more money and wins the cup and leaves yeah, I will say if Duchesne, because I, I, st- I still kind of agree with you, I think Duchesne probably will re-sign in Columbus, but this would be a good spot for Duchesne to land mm-hmm. because he will get the opportunity to play a lot of important minutes for Barry Trotz, and I think sure. Duchesne's good enough defensively where I think he would fit in well here, and they probably would pay him what he wants. Ultimately, I think out of all these teams that we've talked about, the Islanders are the one team I see they'll unexpectedly take a, a little step backwards. I wonder this new coach coming in, Trotz, and then you get a year under your belt, and then suddenly you can't just look down the bench and say, we're going to win the cup this year because you already did that once. True. And you didn't win the cup. The honeymoon's over, basically. Yeah. yeah. You wonder you like, you wonder. all these guys had career years. Can they do that again? No. Nope. And no Everly. Uh, okay, well, that is our, opto- our autopsy. We might have another one. Our next show could be shortly could be Carolina. <laughs> I, I hope that they continue because they've, they've been fun. And I also don't like every other day. Like we're, we're already going to get to every other day. Right. Soon the finals. And so, you know, Carolina finally lost their first home game against Boston. Yeah. Like that was the first home loss for them. Yeah. That's crazy. Very and what's even funnier too is like, so the Islanders go out first round, sweep the Penguins. Then they get swept in the second round by Carolina. And now is Carolina about to get swept? Like that's just wow. a funny little trend, but and then, it, and then does that mean that the Bruins are going to get swept? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hope so. All right. That's been our show. You guys can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you thought of the show. And, uh, you know, let us know if you're one of those conspiracy guys because Justin wants to yell at you. I do so he badly. Wants to, wanna he wants just, to yell. I want to discuss this heatedly. Do you? Heatedly. Heatedly. Danny heatedly. Wow. Danny. Yeah. Well, you know, Danny Heatley did... I'm not going to talk about the car crash. That's horrible. Okay, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.